Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. They had succeeded in some measure in demeaning and diminishing the simplicity of the gospel message of justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That's the simple gospel message. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Galatians. Ever since the foundation of the church, there have been countless attacks from many angles. From false doctrines to entirely different religions, there have been many who seek to undermine the gospel. In today's message, Pastor J.D. starts us off in a new study while setting the foundation in context of the book of Galatians. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Galatians chapter 1 with part 1 of his message, Jesus Only. So we're starting a new book today, the book of Galatians. We have just uh, completed uh, 2 Corinthians, and this is the next book in the New Testament as we go through the Bible book by book and chapter by chapter and verse by verse. So I'll invite you at this time to turn in your Bibles to the first chapter of Galatians, and our text will be verses one through 9 today. We'll begin in verse 1, where the Apostle Paul is writing by the Holy Spirit and says, verse 1, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I, verse 6, am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even, verse 8, if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse, as we have already said. So now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other 
than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Wow. By way of an introduction to this letter from the Apostle Paul, I think it'd be good if I pointed out a couple of things that are going to be germane to our better understanding of this most interesting epistle. First, it's important to understand that this letter, unlike the other letters, was written to several churches, not just one church. Like, for example, the book of Romans was written to the church in Rome. The church uh, in Ephesus, the letter was written to just that church, the letter of the Ephesians, to the Ephesians. But this letter to the Galatians was written to a number of churches that were in that area at that time known as Galatia. Uh, We know it today as the modern-day country of Turkey, uh, which is now an Islamic country. And oh, by the way, um, the seven letters to the seven churches in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, Ephesus, Smyrna, Sardis, Thyatira, Pergamum, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, I think I missed one in there, Uh, those were all as well in uh, Turkey, modern day Turkey, and close in proximity one to the other. But These churches, a group of churches, we don't know necessarily how many there were, but this letter was written to all of them. What was the purpose of this letter to these churches in Galatia? Well, it was to correct them. They needed correction. And it was to redirect them. They needed direction. And they needed to be redirected, even rebuked, so that they would turn back to Jesus and the freedom from the law because of Jesus. As an interesting side note, the book of Galatians has been called the Declaration of Independence of Christian Liberty. But there's a good reason why the book of Galatians is referred to as such. And the reason is is that the Judaizers, as they were called, were sort of worming their way into these churches in that region, and they were confusing the believers with another gospel. And this other gospel, this different gospel, was adding works to faith in Christ, which is why Paul says this is no gospel at all, because the word gospel means good news. Your debt has been paid, and you are free. You have been set free. Well, this is not good news. This is not a gospel in that sense. Because there's no good news in adding something to faith in Christ. And this is why Paul takes this posture with these churches. You know what's sad? Seems that 
they were met with some measure of success in that they had succeeded in discrediting the message by discrediting the messenger. And that's textbook, isn't it? They had succeeded in some measure in demeaning and diminishing the simplicity of the gospel message of justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That's the simple gospel message. And it explains why it is that the Apostle Paul deems it necessary by the Spirit to begin his letter by defending his apostolic authority as the messenger. He's defending the message. He's defending the one and only true gospel. He has to. Do you know what's at stake here for these churches? Eternity is at stake. This is the gospel. There's only one gospel, true gospel, and there's only one Christ. And these Judaizers were introducing a different gospel, a different Christ. After taking a couple of days to seek the Lord on this, I sensed that I should take a little different approach to teaching this series and ask specific questions that really only have one simple answer. Namely, that of Jesus only. Not Jesus and, not Jesus if, not Jesus but, no, just Jesus. When on the cross, our Savior died for our sins, paying in full, he said three words. It is finished. Period. Not comma. Not semicolon. It's not, it is finished if you... Don't do that. Don't do that. I remember as a new believer, I was just a babe in the Lord. I couldn't put the Bible down. I just was devouring it. I was so hungry and thirsty. And I got one of those good news Bibles. I had to because it it, it was a limited vocabulary, and I had destroyed so much of my brain capacity. I know it probably still seems like that, but <laughs> I, uh, I I couldn't understand certainly the King James Version, let alone the other versions at the time. And so I got one of those simple vocabulary good news Bibles, and I started in the book of Genesis, and I read through the entire Bible for the first time within the first six months of coming to Christ. And during that time, 
I had someone approach me. I, I would go to the park, and this was during the summer, and I would have my Bible, and that's all I wanted. I didn't want anything else. I just, I just, it was just me and Jesus, and it was, I look back with fond memories at this time uh, as a new believer. And so I'm reading my Bible, and up walks this guy, and he says, uh, I noticed that you're reading your Bible. And I said, yeah. And I, you know, I was, you know, when you first come to Christ, that's all you can talk about, right? And your theology is pretty limited. You know, it's just, yeah, Jesus is real and Jesus is really real and he's really, really real and Jesus is real and, and, but that was good enough. And so I go off on this, man, I, I was just Jesus, Jesus this, Jesus that, Jesus that. And then he says, Jesus, but what? There's a but? What's the but? Well, have you, and then he proceeded to tell me that which I, and I'm purposely not telling you what it is. Uh, I don't want to jam anybody's gears. (laughs) But he added something to my Jesus. And all of a sudden now, the onus was placed on me that I had to do something in addition to that which Jesus did for me. He put a comma on the end of it is finished. And it messed me up big time. I'm young in the Lord. I'm not grounded in the Word. And it set in course a period of about six more months where I had to really work through that, and by the grace of God, God in and through His Word, as I continued reading, I didn't even step foot in a church for the first eight months after I came to Christ. And I look back on that, and I think, you know, maybe it's good that I didn't, because I got grounded in the Word. Then, when I started going to a church, then all of a sudden I realized, well, now this makes sense. It's all starting to come together as I grew in grace and matured in Christ. If you hear nothing else that I say today in our time together in God's Word, please hear this. All you and I need is Jesus, period. On the way to church this morning, I listened to that hymn of old. You know it. You can have this world. You can have everything in this world. Just give me Jesus. That's all I want is Jesus. Just give me Jesus. You know what my hope and my prayer is through this series? It's that the Holy Spirit will return all of us, myself included, back to just the simplicity of our faith in Jesus Christ. I think we oftentimes complicate it. We add things to it. And in so doing, I think we lose the intimacy and the simplicity of just being with Jesus. Nothing else. Just you and Jesus. Just me and Jesus. Jesus and me. 
You can have all, all the other stuff. I just need Jesus. This brings us to our first question in verses 1 through 5, and it's this. I want you to think about this question. Who is the authority in my life? Okay? Here, Paul establishes his authority, his apostolic authority, by telling them that contrary to the false accusations about him, his authority is God-given. It's a God-given authority. It's not from man. It's not from a man. It's only from, only from Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And then he goes on to greet them with the familiar greeting of grace and peace in that order. You can't know the peace of God or have peace with God until you've tasted from the cup of the grace of God. That's why it's always grace and peace, not peace and grace. And this is a a greeting that he greets the other churches with. So, so far so good, right? We're off to a good start. Everybody's happy. But (laughs) there's a but here. It's a good but, and true to form, the Apostle Paul is going to hit it head on. He has to. He has no other choice, again, because of what's at stake. If you're anything like me, and I suspect you are, you should be very thankful you don't look like me, but I know in many ways you are a lot like me, but you come to appreciate this about the Apostle Paul. Everything was about Jesus. It was all about Jesus. Jesus was Paul's everything. Perhaps you've heard it said that you'll never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. There does come those times in our lives, in our Christian experience where God will deem it fit to strip away everything to get us back to Him. He'll bring you to that place, that much needed place, if I can say it that way, where all you have is Jesus. And when you realize that All you have is Jesus. You also realize that all you need is Jesus. To me, this is an apt description of the Apostle Paul. Maybe I can say it this way. Everything centered on, came from, pointed to, and ended with Jesus only. You cut the Apostle Paul, he'll bleed Jesus. You talk to the Apostle Paul, all he talks about is Jesus. Christ and him crucified. He had one string on his guitar, if you will, as someone quipped. That was the only note he played. That was the only song he would sing. Jesus only. You try to get into a conversation about the weather, the price of real estate in Hawaii, (laughs) he'll bring it right back to Jesus. 
That's all he wanted to talk about. You know, in 2 Corinthians, when he's having to again defend himself and, and boast as the super apostles will, I believe that killed him. He died a thousand deaths. He doesn't want to talk about himself. He doesn't want to preach self. He wanted to preach Jesus and Jesus only. And that's what he's doing here in this letter to the churches in the area of Galatia. Before we move on to the second and last question that we're going to ask today, I think I need to address a problem with this question. And the problem with this question is it can almost seem like and sound like it's rhetorical. Who's the authority in my life? Well, of course. Right? Not so fast. Let me ask the question, the same question in a different way. And again, you see it on the screen, but let me ask this question. And again, I ask it of myself. Who calls the shots in your life? What do you mean? Okay, let me phrase it a different way. Who makes the decisions in your life? Well, (laughs) the husband might say, my wife calls the shots in my life. Well, she shouldn't. The wife says, my husband is the man of the house. He wears the pants in the family. I try to tell him which you know pair of pants to wear, but my husband's the head, but I'm the neck. I tell him which way to turn, right? <laughs> You've heard that, right? Let me ask it this way, and think about this again. Who's really on the throne of your life? Are you? Is it self? Are you calling the shots? Are you making the decisions? Or is it Jesus? Is the Lord on the throne of your life? Let's be honest. Shall we? What are you going to say? No. (laughs) Let's be honest with ourselves. I think if we're honest what we're going to find is that self is on the throne. We call the shots in our own lives. We're sitting on the throne of our own lives. Galatians contains many lessons that we can learn from even today. The Apostle Paul spent time in this letter encouraging the church to embrace the love and lifestyle of Jesus. While we need to learn and abide by the Bible's principles, we can't become like the Pharisees of Jesus' day, promoting legalism above grace. Jesus came to fulfill the law, and therefore we get to choose to follow Him in the way He desires. That's all we have time for today on In Spirit and Truth. You can find more messages from Pastor J.D. by visiting our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll receive new messages as soon as they're available. Download our mobile app for Android and iPhone and always have teachings from God's Word right at your fingertips. 
If you live in or will be visiting the Kaneohe area, why not come join us in person for one of our weekly services? At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we desire to share God's Word and love everywhere we go and with everyone who walks through our doors. Come by on Sunday at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. or on Thursday at 7 p.m. for a time of Bible study and worship under the leadership of Pastor J.D. Farag. We can't wait to meet you, so please introduce yourself. Find out more at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com by clicking on the link to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. That's all for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. There's so much more to learn from the pages of Galatians, though, so be sure to join Pastor J.D. again for another in-depth look. That's next time right here on In Spirit and Truth.